Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSez. Now, Kramer Says. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. Welcome to Kramer Says Live. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, and YouTube, as well as account number 87 on TikTok. We'll be taking your calls tonight live at 877-619-3899. You can always get our podcast on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Let's jump into the headline, shall we? New! This is a quote. Quote, there should be consequences, end quote. Former Ohio State Secretary of, uh, Secretary of State Ken Blackwell releases a statement on sham Maricopa County midterm elections and cover-up, by the way, that's a quote as well, by officials. The America First Policy Institute has released a statement by former Ohio Secretary of State Clint Back Blackwell calling for consequences for the stolen Maricopa County midterm election. The 2020 election is not over, folks. Don't give up. Have faith. We're we're still fighting. In fact, this weekend, I'll be working on a project here in the state of Indiana that showcases the rampant cheating by Democrats in 2020 and 2022. It's everywhere. Can't wait to bring you that. Um, In his new statement, Blackwell criticized a recent report on an independent investigation into 2022 Election Day tabulator failures at 60 percent of voting locations across Maricopa County, led by former Arizona Supreme Court Justice Ruth McGregor. One concerning factor of this report states that OKI B432 printers showed speckling at the edges of the ballot during pre-election stress testing, which could have interfered with the timing marks and ballots. Despite this discovery being made in September, of 2022. We already knew that we had issues in 2020. They were told in September of 2022, you've got issues. They didn't care. They went ahead with it without addressing the issue. Maricopa County Election Director Scott Jarrett also confirmed in December testimony that a fit-to-paper or fit-to-page printing issue happened in the August 2020 primary election, the November 2020 general election, and the August 2022 primary election. However, the new report claims that the printers had been used during the August 2022 primary election as well as in prior elections without experiencing similar problems. This Quote, sham investigation was a blatant cover-up of the truth about Kerry Lake and Abe Hamada's elections, said Blackwell. We got another one on the line. PacWest Bank Corp shares tumble 60% in after-hours trading on sale rumors. We've been talking about this on Kramer Says for the last couple of years. We've been saying that based on the lockdowns, based on the shutdowns, based on the mandates that happened in 2020 and 2021, this was inevitable. Those people, especially the financial gurus, the experts that are acting shocked, well, they shouldn't be. They should be smarter than you and I, right? They're not. They're morons. The regional bank stocks began to crash on Tuesday. That's yesterday. By late afternoon today, shares of many West Coast regional banks had plunged. Bank uh, PacWest does not have any potential buyers yet, according to Bloomberg. PacWest is weighing other options, including a capital raise. CNBC reported PacWest Bank Corp shares tumbled 53% in extended trading on Wednesday following a report that the bank is weighing strategic options, including a potential sale. The regional bank has been assessing options, including a breakup or a capital raise, according to a Bloomberg report, citing sources familiar. A formal sale has yet to start at PacWest. PacWest does not have any potential buyers interested in the whole 
wholesale or the whole uh, uh, firm at this time, the report said. The shares of many West Coast regional banks have been hit particularly hard since the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, in March. Now, keep in mind, we were told that when J.P. Morgan Chase bought the best parts of SVB, went through that process, we were told then and there that, oh, there's no problem here. This will end it. This will wrap it all up. PacWest and the other banks that are suffering right now because of these closures, they're in trouble. Down 72%. Listen to this. The shares of many West Coast regional banks have been hit particularly hard since the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank in March, in part because of the concerns that their customers' bases are similar. These are the richest of the rich. The banks that held the money of the richest of the rich, that's what SVB, that's what First Federal was, or First, uh, First uh, Republic. These banks are for rich people, and they're failing. What do you think is going to happen when it comes to your bank? Do you think that there's going to be any money left over to, to support your bank when they finally get to you? They're, they're supporting all the big banks now, people that have over $250,000 in their savings account. That's who they're protecting right now. Got that much in your bank account? Because if you don't, they're, they're not concerned about you yet. You're not important enough. That's what's going on. Continuing. New York. New York State. Remember when they said that they weren't going to ban gas stoves? Oh, you conservatives. You're fucking crazy. Chuck Schumer came out and said, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a myth. It's a conspiracy theory of the right. They want to show us to, to make us look bad. Listen, listen carefully. Because they all said, in fact, what state is, is Chuck Schumer a senator from? Yeah, New York. New York becomes first state to pass legislation banning use of natural gas for heating and cooking. They're not coming after your stoves, folks. They're, they're, they're going to want you to plug in the stove and pay for life. They don't want you to have any other options. They want to tell you exactly what you can and can't. I know it's a conspiracy theory. We're all crazy. We should all be fitted for tinfoil hats. And big fucking medals that say, we're right again. The Biden regime said reports claiming they were seeking to ban gas stoves was a conspiracy theory. Chuck Schumer went, on, uh, went out of his way to chastise those concerns, saying, nobody is taking away your gas stoves. How do you know they're lying? Their lips are moving. Earlier this year, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission said gas-powered stoves are a hidden health hazard. Although Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm mocked the millions of Americans concerned about the federal government's plans to put restrictions on gas stoves, she, she admitted that the Biden regime wants to ban some gas stoves. Now, New York State is banning the use of natural gas for heating and cooking in some new buildings. So this, if you're grandfathered in, you're fine. You're building something new, there's a problem. According to the New York Times, the provisions will require new buildings to be constructed with only electric hookups for appliances and utilities beginning in 2025. The law will go into effect for buildings with fewer than seven stories beginning in 2026. The requirements will kick in, to, uh, kick in for taller buildings in 2029. We're not coming for them, folks. We're not coming for your we're not coming for your gas. We're not coming for your cars. We're not coming for your kids. When they say they're not coming after something, you better believe that that's exactly what they're coming after. They gaslight you. They treat you like you're crazy. Like you did something wrong. You and I didn't do anything wrong. We're not causing the problems. As I said last night and the night before, it's the experts. The experts are the ones that keep getting us into these issues. Not you and I. We go to work and do our job every day. 
I, I, I'm not any part in any way, shape, or form of the collapse of, of FTX or of SVB or, or of uh, First Republic or any of these banks. Neither are you. In fact, if you do the right thing in, the, in this country at this point, you're the fool. You're the idiot. I'm going to say it. We might as well start cheating. We might as well start robbing banks. We might as well start doing whatever the fuck we want to do because the laws do not apply to the elite, to the rich, to the wealthy. They don't apply. It doesn't matter. They're not going to feel the consequences of anything that happens. Doesn't matter to them. Fuck you. That's the mentality of the left. And those on the right that are wealthy enough that really don't give a shit. But you and I... You and I that are doing things the right way, you and I that are, are paying our bills on time, making sure that our credit score is top-notch so that when we want to go, to go get a new house or go get a new car, that we have the credit rating available to give us the lowest rate possible. And now they've, they've said, fuck you. Fuck you for doing the right thing. Fuck you for paying your bills on time. Fuck you for not getting the phone that you wanted or the sneakers that you wanted or the vacations that you wanted. Fuck you. You don't get it. We're going to give it to this guy over here, the person who didn't pay their bills. Well, well, Kramer, that's because that's because there's inequity. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, don't it? The inequity blows. It really sucks. Do you know how to how to change equity? Get rich. Oh, Kramer, that's easier to say than it is. You're right, it is. It's it's hard. And as you're rising through the ranks, you shouldn't be penalized. That's what our current system does. The more you make, the more they take. Well, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like that's right. Yeah, it is. Ask me. I own my own business. I give I give you a, a misconception of people. I paid my taxes. I get fired. I deserve that unemployment. You didn't pay that tax. I did. Employers pay that tax. You don't pay any of it. Not a dime of it. That comes that comes out of my pocket. And if I make a bad hire, and I fire you, I get penalized for making a bad hire, and my insurance goes up. The more people I fire because of their incompetence, the more it cost me. That's why these <laughs> that's why a lot of these uh, fast food joints aren't firing in people anymore. They don't they don't fire anybody. Offices don't fire anybody. They don't want to fire anybody. Why? Well, it's simple. Because it costs them money to fire someone. And most people don't know that. So we'll put up with a bad employee because we don't want to take the hit to our insurance. And then finally there's a day we can't do it anymore. And we've got to let this employee go. Go. Now, there's other kinds of tactics you can use, right? You can make it unbearable. You can change your schedule. They've got to come in late. They've got to come in early. Whatever it is, you can make them try to quit. But at the end of the day, if you fire them, it costs you money. To get rid of a bad employee, it costs you money. That's the way the system is set up. That's why those of us who have been in this for a while and see the big picture realize this nation is done. It's done. Thune went to the floor, uh, I don't know if you saw the video, uh, where Mitch McConnell's standing behind him like a dazed turtle. And Thune goes on to illustrate that in this new budget, listen carefully, in the new budget being proposed, even with the spending that we're trying to bring down, that Republicans are trying to bring down, 50% of every dollar that is brought in in taxes, 50%, one half of everything that we bring in goes to pay the debt. And not the debt, the interest on the debt. We've run our credit card up to the max. 
That's why they're having these conversations. They want to continue spending on the left. The rhinos want to continue spending. The adults in the room are saying, we've got to stop the spending. When half of what we're sending in just goes to pay off the interest that we owe, we've got a big problem on our hands. How do we fix it? Well, we get rid of the Fed. The Fed isn't constitutional. It's a private bank. There's nowhere in the Constitution for the Fed. It's a private bank held by private citizens. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to be a nonprofit. They're not supposed to hold anything in reserve. That's the people's money. But then they take that money and they loan it out all over the planet and they make new money from it. They, they help the IMF. They help these other organizations. They're friends of all the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations around the planet. They're friends of all of them. They'll give all of them money, your money, and make more money on top of it. There's not a single person that works at the Fed that is, is a, as a level of importance from the C-level down, the, the corporate level down, the chairman down, that makes what you and I make. They don't live on what you and I live on. They don't go shopping at the store. They don't know what the prices are. They have people that do that for them. They are so out of touch, they have no idea what's going on in the nation that they say that they're managing the monetary the monetary wellness of. They have no idea about the inflation. It's something that's on a sheet. They look at it and they go, well, that's bad. That looks terrible. We must do something about that. Let's raise the rates on people. And by the way, when we raise the rates on people, we're going to penalize those that paid their bills on time. That's part of Joe Biden's plan, not the Fed's. Joe Biden says that if you've paid your bills on time, you paid your fair share in taxes, fuck you. You got to pay for the guy that didn't. Are you pissed off about it? Are you pissed off? Are you angry? Are you tired of it? I keep saying the same thing. If you're tired of it, stop bitching. And by the way, I want to make it clear. I, I have not made this video yet on social media, but I'm going to make the video. Uh, I've got a new policy on all my accounts. If you post on my account that nothing's ever going to happen, nothing will ever be done, I'm blocking you. You're useless. I don't need you in my foxhole. I don't need your support. You are a useless human being as an American. Nothing's ever going to happen. The reason nothing's happening is because of you. You won't raise your voice. You're too afraid. Or you're too uneducated on it so you don't speak up. Get educated. Start researching. Get off these goddamn apps. Get off these platforms. Stop bitching with other people and trying to convince them of something you'll never convince them of. That's why I get off. That's why I do not respond to content on social media. Arguing with the left is like preaching or, 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 or barking at a wall. It's like talking to a five-year-old drunk. What I mean is a combination of a drunk and a five-year-old. <laughs> Can you imagine the logic of a five-year-old drunk? That's what you're dealing with when you're trying to convince somebody of, on the left of what... The only people we can convince are those that are in the middle, those that haven't decided yet. I don't waste my time on the idiots. I'm not going to convert, convert them. They're already lost. They've decided the hell they want to live in. I might as well let them. It's the rest those others that have an open mind, that's what we have to get into. That's what we have to, to aim for. And we lead by getting into the system. And this is what I want you to understand. You can make change. One neighborhood at a time, one street at a time. 
you got an ugly neighborhood, get the neighbors in the, 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 the neighborhood together to clean it up. Be the leader. Start it. You be the advocate. You be the agent of change. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. In fact, if you just start doing it yourself, that shows that you've got what it takes, the moxie, the backbone, the character to do the right thing for the American people. That's how leadership starts. It doesn't start with a big fanfare and a parade and a, and a plaque. Nobody gets a leadership plaque. Nobody says, okay, you've reached leadership. Go ahead. You're the guy now. You start doing what needs to be done, just like Forrest Gump. He starts jogging. Remember that? He started jogging. He, he wasn't a leader. He became a leader because he led and did it first. People followed him. The same thing happens in life. We're trying to get uh, Scott Pressler, Pre I think it's Pressler, on the show. Because of what he's doing across the nation is a grassroots movement, one person at a time. One person at a time. That's all it takes. Somebody said to me one time, well, Kramer, you know, what, what are you saying? I'm saying this, a feather isn't heavy, but a ton of feathers is just as heavy as a ton of bricks. The more people you get, the more tonnage you get, the more influence you get, the more power that you get. You can make change with a ton of voices. It's time that the American people start speaking up and start speaking out. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. I, I want to play this. We're going to talk. To, uh, we're going to talk tonight about the Scranton, PA crime family. We're going to get to that with the new allegations against the Biden family. But I wanted to play this first. I think that this is important for people to listen to, to watch, and, and to to see what we have to do. The game that we have to start playing with the left. We have to call them out for the racist they are. We have to call them out for the cheats that they are. By the way, we have to do that to those of uh, our friends on the right as well. Had a conversation today with a client uber-liberal, love him to death. He's a mentor of mine and, and, and been in my life for almost 40 years. He doesn't believe anything wrong happened in the 2020 election. I said, well, we're working on things right now that when we reveal them, trust me, you've known me for nearly 40 years. When I tell you that this shit happened, I'm not lying, Gary. I have no reason to lie to you. I asked him in 2020, I said, we think these things happen. He goes, it's not possible. In this country, that's not possible. Guess what? It's worse than we thought. The investigations that we're currently working on, groups across the country will prove that the Democrats are sending billions of dollars, billions of black money, dark money, into the system. And we figured out how they've done it. That's going to break. Huge story coming out in the next few weeks. Cannot wait to tell you more about it. In the meantime, we need more people like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is doing something. Well, it's easy. He's a congressman. Well, there's a lot of congressmen. There's a lot of senators that step up to, to be elected. And then once they're in office, they don't do much past that. Ted Cruz isn't one of those. Now, I didn't vote for him for president. I, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's going to make a, a great attorney general. I think he's going to make a fantastic justice on the Supreme Court. But I don't want him to be my president. My personal choice. You may feel differently. <laughs> we can agree to disagree. But I do think that I think that Ted Cruz is a brilliant man. And what I mean by that is that he's showing how Democrats continue to leverage racism as a political weapon in 2023. They're using the tactics of the 1860s in 2023. Yesterday's Senate uh, Supreme Court ethics hearing, Ted Cruz outlined, he illustrated exactly how current Democrats are using the tactics of the old days 
to smear people of color they hate. It's modern-day racism. As he puts it, it's a modern-day lynch party. In 1991, Justice Clarence Thomas appeared before this committee in one of the most disgraceful performances by the Senate Judiciary Committee in our nation's history. Justice Thomas rightly described the treatment he got from then-Chairman Joe Biden and Senate Democrats as a, quote, high-tech lynching. It is sad to see 30 years later this committee is again engaged in the same despicable tactics. Senate Democrats and their lapdogs in the media are engaged in a twofold political campaign. Number one, to delegitimize the Supreme Court of the United States because they are angry that there are a majority of constitutionalists on the court. But number two, very directly, this is a political campaign designed to smear Justice Clarence Thomas. And the reason is simple. The left despises Clarence Thomas. And they do not despise him because he's a conservative. The left despises Clarence Thomas because he is a conservative African-American. Here's what Clarence Thomas said at that confirmation hearing. He said, if you are a free-thinking African-American, quote, you will be lynched, destroyed, and caricatured by a committee of the U.S. Senate. Well, in three decades, that hasn't changed, and it's gotten worse. And to be clear, here's the left's view. I point to one article just three weeks ago. The Democrats need to destroy Clarence Thomas's reputation. They'll never successfully impeach him, but so what? Make him a metaphor for every insidious thing the far right has done to this country. That's what the left is trying to do. And I will tell you, if you look at the next, the next poster board, the left has repeatedly attacked Clarence Thomas with a racism. This is a magazine cover that showed Justice Scalia every bit as conservative as Clarence Thomas, but he's portrayed as the master, and Clarence Thomas, in a bigoted attack, is portrayed as shining his shoes. I'll show you another one to give you a sense of the racist vitriol from the left. Here's a racist caricature of Clarence Thomas, lawn jockey for the far right. This is the bigoted contempt the left has. I'll show you another, uh, another magazine cover. Offensively, this is how the left views Clarence Thomas. Now, it's important for people at home to understand this is not about judicial ethics. You can take those down. This is not about judicial ethics. This is not about rules that should apply to judges across the board. We could have a reasonable discussion about that. This is about applying a double standard to Clarence Thomas and only Clarence Thomas. The attack that my Democrat colleagues breathlessly repeat is that Clarence Thomas stayed at the vacation home of a very close friend of his, a successful Texas businessman, flew on his plane and went on his yacht. Well, if that's the standard, going and traveling and being paid for by others, then guess what? Just about every Supreme Court justice has done so and done so in much greater numbers. Justice Thomas was appointed in 1991, and the time since then, he's taken 109 reported trips, five international trips. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed in 1993, two years later. In the time she was on the court, she took 157 trips, including 28 international trips. Mr. Payne, yes or no, do you think Ruth Bader Ginsburg was corrupt? No. Nor do I. 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not alone. Justice Stephen Breyer, appointed the year later in 1994, took 233 reported trips, including 63 international trips. Again, yes or no, Mr. Payne, do you think Stephen Breyer was corrupt? No. Nor do I. I would point out Justice Kagan has done the same thing, Justice Sotomayor has done the same thing, and yet none of my Democrat colleagues care because this is a political attack directed at a justice they hate. And by the way, let's spend a moment focusing on Justice Stephen Breyer, a delightful human being, someone I know personally, someone who served decades on the court. Justice Stephen Breyer repeatedly traveled on the penny of a prominent Democratic billionaire, the Pritzker family. Now, J.B. Pritzner is the Democrat governor of the state of Illinois, from which our chairman hails. I, I would be shocked if the chairman of this committee has not had multiple meals with the Pritzker family. Justice Breyer was a longtime member of the board that awarded the Pritzker Architecture Prize. Now, what did that mean? That meant Justice Breyer traveled on the dime of these Democrat billionaires, in 2019, Justice Breyer traveled to New York City, to Vancouver, and Paris. In 2018, Justice Breyer traveled to Ireland and Spain. In 2016, he traveled to New York, Spain, and France. In 2013, he traveled to Norway, Sweden, Denmark. In 2012, he traveled to Beijing and to London. All of this paid for by the Pritzker Foundation. Now, none of my Democrat colleagues are mad about this, and let me be clear. I'm not suggesting Justice Breyer is corrupt. What I'm suggesting is this committee is corrupt because this is a kangaroo circuit circus. And I will note, we had 15 Senate Democrats, including six members of this committee, send a letter to the Appropriations Committee threatening to cut off the funding for security at the Supreme Court. The left is willing to threaten the lives of the justices. Justice Samuel Alito this weekend in the Wall Street Journal said that the attacks directed at the justices are making them targets of assassination. This is disgraceful. Every senator who signed this letter should be embarrassed. Mr. Chairman, I ask unanimous consent that this letter be admitted into the record and also that, that, that the interview with Justice Alito from this weekend be entered into the record. Democrats can have disagreements based on law, but this attempt to delegitimize the court, this attempt to personally smear Clarence Thomas is dishonest, and everyone in the media echoing it is participating in a shameful reprise of 1991's high-tech lynching. And that's what spit and fire looks and sounds like. Ted Cruz from yesterday's Senate uh, SCOTUS ethics hearing that, um, well, the Democrats didn't bring the same kind of fire. We'll be right back after this. show. My name is Kramer. This is Kramer Says Live. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. Yeah, I'll get it there. Um, we are live and we're taking your phone calls right now at 877-619-3899. You're live with Kramer Says. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Kramer. My name is uh, Ralph from PA. Am I coming in all right? Yeah, there we go. You sound a little muffled, but we'll see what we can do with you. Go ahead. What's on your mind? <clears throat> so 
first of all, I want to say thank you for doing what you do. I followed you on TikTok, and I I share a lot of your TikTok videos on on Instagram as well. So I just want to say thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, I uh, I I've been doing like podcasting for a long time, and I just got recently into this whole political arena. Like I guess like a lot of people around uh, the COVID era. So there's a lot of things that I don't know about the past and, and, and how things work. But uh, like a buddy of mine told me that uh, who, who claims that he follows a lot of uh, a lot of politics over the years, that these are some things that happened over and over again. Like you always are trying to, uh, you know, kind of push people into politics in some sort of way, right? Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up is I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this. Or I'm not really familiar with it. They it was brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago. I, I believe this hacker uh, group called Anonymous mm-hmm. putting out uh, you know this information about people that were in the in the Epstein flight logs plus a lot of other things. Right. Of course, they had a lot of right uh, uh, leaning people. Like you know, of course, they had Trump on there and, and other people on there. So I don't know if like these are the things that should be considered when when going, you know, in, instead of trying to divide people from one ideology to another, like pegging what's you know what's really the core problem with people, like you well, know, like because it, it it seems like there's corruption on both sides. You're you're absolutely right. <clears throat> in fact, today I had a conversation with a mentor. I started to tell the story. I had a conversation with a mentor where I'm talking about stuff that happened in 2020 and 2022, and uh, he he doesn't think that there's any possibility whatsoever that any of the cheating that we th- we think happened, we know happened in 2020 and 2022, that. Um, he doesn't believe that's that's possible. I said, well, okay, let, let, let's stop talking about the things that we disagree on. Let's talk about the things that we do agree on. Um, I believe that Mitch McConnell has to go. Got to go. I think that Nancy Pelosi has got to go. So I asked him, I said, well, what do you think about Mitch McConnell? Do you Can you agree with me that he's got to go? And he goes, of course, instantly. I said, what about Nancy Pelosi? And there was a pause. He goes, well, and I, that's the problem. You guys don't have any fault with any of your people, regardless of what they've done. She's been using insider trading as a methodology to enrich her family. She needs to go. Just on that alone. But the left will not do that. Yes, I think that we should hold everyone accountable. I think that we have to ask people directly. Trump was on on Epstein's plane. The story is, is that he made a flight, that he never went to the island, that he didn't have anything to do with him. Here's the difference about Trump and all the others. And this, I do know, is a fact. Do you know who worked with the FBI to get Epstein indicted and charged with the crimes that he committed? No, sir. Trump. Trump worked directly with Mm. the FBI. Who else on that list became a witness against Epstein? Just just one guy. I don't know. Just one guy that we know of Mm. because they won't they won't let us see it. They won't let us talk about it. They won't let us. It's just it's just like COVID. Right. If they won't allow us to see the information, to see the data, then it's incumbent upon us to assume that they're cheating and lying. Correct? Right, yes. So, so. Well, I mean, I guess that would be used the same way if, if uh, Republicans were in power, right? Yeah, I guess it all depends 100%. on who, who has control. Uh, listen, listen, I don't care who's in control. Let me let me ask you this. Right. Do you care what party the person belongs to that's bashing you over the head with a baseball bat? Do you care? 
Nope. I don't either. And and if I stop the person that's bashing you over the head with a baseball bat, if I stop that, I, I don't walk up to them and I don't say I don't say, hey, listen, uh, are are you a Republican or Democrat? No, I step in to stop the crime in the first place, right? I don't ask those questions. The fire department doesn't do that. When your house is burning down, they don't pull up and go, Irk! who'd you vote for last election? We don't do those things. So what we have to do is look at the the total picture and stop disagreeing and arguing about the things that we disagree on, and start focusing on the things that we agree on. We're going to find out that we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. And hopefully what we agree on is that if someone commits a crime, regardless of what letter is beside their name, they should be fucking lynched and held to the fullest account of the law. That's the way I look at it. But it's hard to do that because people want to protect theirs. Right. Um, I've said for a long time, uh, I love my boys. I've got two boys. Love them both. If I find out one of them has committed a crime, I'm going to go in and turn them in. They know that they know that they don't have any hope of of staying out of jail if they could commit a crime and I find out about it. I just wish that we could have others do that. That's the way I look at it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Uh, and then just another thing I wanted to, uh, as another point, it feels like with all this, all these things that are happening with, uh, a lot of the, uh, I don't know, the icons in the media, there, there seems to be a lot of leakage and, in, in uh, <clears throat> well, basically saying that it's, it's kind of preparing everybody that you're always going to be under surveillance, right? Cause I've seen like leaked videos with Tucker Carlson, uh, certain things with um, media media guy Steven Crowder going now. And, and it feels like it, in this kind of space is like you're going to be surveilled and held accountable for whatever you say, even if it's taken out of context. Well, that's true. I believe that might be the same as right. happening that, that, in that, China. I'm not right. Sure. That, well, that's never changed. The surveillance issue and what's going on in our media today are two different things. Um, what's happening mm-hmm. in our media today is that sides are being drawn, lines are being drawn, sides are being picked. Right. Um, I, I think that they're trying to get rid of some liability and they're also trying to get rid of people that could could be a weapon. Tucker, Tucker pulls more numbers from Fox than Fox pulls from Tucker Carlson. Does that make sense? He's a bigger star than they are. And so he can now go anywhere and write his own ticket and he's and he's going to be fine. And what we're seeing is. Fox's numbers continue to fall. They continue to plummet because nobody has any faith in them anymore. And when I say them, I mean the mainstream media. Um, as far as the surveillance issue, I always assume that I'm being listened to and that it's going to be taken out of Mm. context. So I'm very clear. I try to be very clear in what I say when I say it, uh, for our privacy and so on. The thing that the American people have to do, in my opinion, is that they have to start speaking up very loudly, very vocally. And it starts at home. Stop going to DC and worrying about DC. DC is a dead issue, right? It's a swamp. Nothing's going to happen in D.C. until we get it taken taken care of back at state capitals. So you, the people, you have to hold your state legislator, your state legislature, you have to hold them accountable. Your governor, you have to hold accountable. Your secretary of state, you have to hold accountable. Your AG, you have to hold accountable. That's where it starts. Because if you hold them accountable and you've, you force them to do their job to protect your rights, because that's their only job, that's the only reason that they're there. If you force them to do their job, D.C. can't happen. When you, 
Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> no, I understand. I, I think you're it's correct. It's just those things like it, it feels like even going to DC. Well, I guess I guess even writing a letter to your to DC or, or your local congressman. It might get just thrown in the trash. It feels like they're eliminating well, different ways that you can actually do things. Well, you know, my, my listen. Look at this way. The way I look at it is this: <laughs> um, I don't, I don't play the game. I don't play the game that I'm supposed to play. I play the game that they're playing, and I play by their rules. I, I'm not going to write a letter to my congressman. I'm not going to write a letter to my senator. I'm not going to write a letter to um, the governor or right. I'll try to meet with them first. Get in front of them, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. if I can't get in front of them, guess where I'm going next? I'm getting me and my friends together, and we're going to show up at their house. And we're going to pick at them at their mm-hmm. house. Now, it may not do anything to the governor. It may not move them. But I'll tell you what, it'll move everybody else in the neighborhood. We've seen it happen before. Because the neighborhood gets pissed off because they can't get any sleep. They don't have their quality time with their family because there's picketers and there's people out front saying, we want change. That's the way we used to do it. But... Too many Republicans are afraid of being arrested, of getting in trouble. Well, as they call it on the left, there is a such thing as, a good, as good trouble. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to get in good trouble to use their language. And we've got to use the tactics that work for them. That's a two-way street. We keep looking at it as if it's a one-way street. We assume that they're going to, they're going to stop at some point. Well, they're not. It's been effective for them. Why is it effective? Because it puts pressure on. And by the way, it's not big groups. It's small groups when you look at the big scale of how big the country is. Even if you've got 10,000 people in the streets, that's not. We've got 300 million people in this country. 10,000 is nothing. It looks like a lot so, on TV, but it's nothing. Right. Um, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on uh, the, the shooter that was in Texas. I'm sure maybe you have discussed this already, but uh, I don't know if you've heard of anything uh, about that and. Is that going to affect a lot of the, um, you know, gun laws that they're they're having in Texas or across the United States? Well, I'm not sure what you're talking about, the shooter in Texas. Which one? Uvalde or? Uh, I think there was one gentleman that uh, who had a neighbor yell at uh, yell at him saying that you're shooting guns no. while my kid is sleeping. No, and that has nothing. To, shot gun, oh. gun laws are not going to be changed by illegal aliens. The actions of illegal aliens should have no have make no impact whatsoever on the Second Amendment or any laws made towards that. By the way, I want to be real clear. And by the way, thanks for calling tonight. Um, I want to be real clear. The, the, the Second Amendment is the only right that says, don't fuck with this one. I, I don't know how much more clear shall not be infringed has to be. Yet we have over 20,000 laws in this country about the Second Amendment. 20,000. 20,000 plus. So the question I have for those of you on the left that want more gun laws and more gun laws and more restrictions, I'll ask you this. Which one of those 20,000 isn't working? Which two of those 20,000 aren't working? Which three? Let's let's say what ni- what nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine of those laws isn't working, isn't stopping the problem. Laws don't stop people from doing dick. Laws are punitive. That's all they are. It says this is illegal, and if you do this and you get caught, then this is the penalty that you could face. That's all it is. It's a piece of paper, folks. It's some writing. 
if, if, if the Second Amendment is just writing and the left doesn't want to pay attention to it, then why should I worry about any of their 20,000 laws? They're all unconstitutional because there's one law, the right, that says shall not be infringed. So, no, I don't think that uh, illegal aliens are going to be the one, the catalyst to get gun laws changed in this country. I think it's interesting, folks, that we've been talking about this issue that I'm moving to next for almost three years now. It started with the Hunter Biden laptop, and people said, well, I'm not voting for Hunter Biden. I'm voting for his dad. And we said, yeah, we know. His dad's corrupt, too. But not only is his dad corrupt, his dad's going to be the president. And nobody in their right mind is going to cross the king and arrest the prince. They're just not going to do it. You will not see Hunter Biden perp-walked. You won't see what happened to Roger Stone or Donald Trump or any of the other uh, Trump administration people who have had problems. You're not going to see the perp-walk that they did with Steve Bannon. That's not going to happen to Hunter Biden. Because there's two tiers, there's a two-tiered system, justice system in our country. If you've got rich, if you're rich and you got money, you get treated specially. Special. I know this for a fact. How do I know that? Well, Jimmy Voyles, who's a high-powered attorney in the city of Indianapolis, is known by all the rich people, all the Pacers players, the Colts players. You got money, you get into trouble, you go to Jimmy Voyles. High-powered Democrat in the city of Indianapolis. Great guy. Love him to death. I got called in by Jimmy Voyles to help. I own an advertising agency. We were asked to come in and be creative with a problem that he had with a client. The client is a billionaire from Indianapolis by the name of Bill Mays. Bill Mays died a few years ago. That's why I can tell this story now. Bill Mays had been accused of molesting a five-year-old boy, and the girl, 12-year-old, came forward and she said, this is how it happened, this is what happened, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm sitting in, um, in, a, in a room with Bill Mays, and Jimmy Voiles, and they're describing the situation and laying it out to me. They give me the story. We go over to the location where it supposedly happened, allegedly happened. I don't believe it did, based on what we what we learned. Uh, and we took the affidavit, we took the, the girl's testimony, and found out how tall she was. And what we did is we built a 3D model of the environment of that facilities, of that house. By the way, the, the house was the home of the girl's grandmother, Bill May's 40-year mistress. Everybody in the family knew who she was. Both sides of the family knew who Bill was. So it's already starting out that, well, somebody's not playing by the rules, right? But that's how it happens. You don't have to play by the rules when you're a billionaire. People will come and suck your dick all day long and then toss their own salad. I know it's crass. That's what we live in today. If you're not ready to, to address the issues for what they are, you can't win. You can't beat the system. You've got to play by their rules. So Bill Mays is sitting there, and he says, I didn't do it. And I said, well, regardless, let's find out. So we build a 3D model. We get the height of the little girl. And we find out that based on her testimony and her height, she could not have seen what she said she saw from the vantage point that she was at, according to her testimony. That was the reasonable doubt that we were able to put into the system. That's what I do. Figure out a way to solve the problem. That was on a Thursday. The following Monday, we have a meeting with the assistant DA and another assistant, uh, two assistant DAs, uh, Voiles and uh, the client. And we explain to the attorneys, to the, to the assistant DAs, 
what the situation is, and we show them the video proof of what we've got, that to get to be able to see what she said she saw, she would have to be 12 feet tall and have her shoulder three feet into the wall. Impossible. Couldn't happen. That reasonable doubt is why they decided in that room they weren't going to charge Bill Mays with anything. He wasn't going to be perp-walked. He wasn't going to be um, embarrassed. Nobody was going to go through his wife's drawers at home. Nobody's going through anybody's underwear drawers and looking for stuff in closets. Didn't happen. Was Bill Mays guilty? I don't know. Based on the evidence we had, I don't think so. But I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. You would not have gotten that opportunity. We would have been hauled off to jail. We would have been given a mugshot, fingerprinted, and then hope to God that we get a good attorney to get us off and prove that we didn't do this crime. But if you're a billionaire, if you're rich, you get special treatment. Well, that's what's going on right now with Hunter Biden. Anybody who doesn't see that is a moron. They keep saying that no one's above the law. Evidently, somebody is. Now we've got another whistleblower coming forward and saying that the Biden family is corrupt as hell. It's a developing story, and here's what we have so far. He's doing, doing about, about it. it. The, White the White House, House says, says the president, president has an unprecedented level of transparency and calls this a political attack. Senior national correspondent Rich Edson is here with our top story. Good evening, Rich. Good evening, Grant. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer claims the FBI likely has a document describing this alleged criminal activity involving then-Vice President Joe Biden. Comer has issued a subpoena for the purported document. He and Senator Chuck Grassley have been investigating the Biden family and their business conduct. They sent a letter this afternoon to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Wray claiming, quote, a highly credible whistleblower maintains the Justice Department and FBI likely have a form that, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It's been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed, as well as its purpose. It's, it's unclear who the whistleblower is, the specifics of their allegations, or if this document even exists. We have credible information that this possible criminal activity took place, and I can't verify whether or not it's really criminal activity, but I do have faith in the whistleblowers. Grassley added he has a rough idea of what's in the alleged document. The White, the White House, House has just responded, quote, For going, going on five, five years, years now, Republicans in Congress have been lobbing unfounded, unproven, politically motivated attacks against the president and his family without offering evidence for their claims or evidence of decisions influenced by anything other than the U.S. interests. The subpoena gives the FBI one week until noon next Wednesday to produce forms containing the word Biden from June 2020. The U.S. Attorney's, Attorney's Office in Delaware is also weighing charges against Hunter Biden in a federal investigation that began in 2018. Keep that in mind that Biden family, Biden representatives, what are they telling you? Well, there's no evidence. Well, we've got evidence. It's called the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, it, kind of, it kind of tells us that what we've been thinking the entire time and what we've been claiming the entire time is true. But as soon as we gave up evidence, what happened? The Biden machine went into motion. And Anthony Blinken went to 50 of his friends in the intel industry and said, hey, can you do me a favor, bro? And then we get a letter that, say, that says, hey, listen, based on everything that we're seeing, it looks like those pesky Russians did this. We have evidence. 
The evidence we have, we're being told, that's not the evidence. Trust us, bro. Take our word for it. We're officials. We're the experts. You got to be weary of experts. You got to be weary of experts. But it's worse. It gets even worse. Listen to the following here. Uh, this is a, another report from Brett Baer with Fox News concerning the same issue. It just gets deeper. and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not <laughs> one single bit of evidence. Here we go. Not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. There have been some accusations made, and it seems to me that uh, I want to know if there's been proper follow-up. Has there been political influence to not proceed if there's... Uh, uh, reasonable uh, possible criminal activity. Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, uh, working alongside James Comer, says there's a new whistleblower here. Uh, Comer writing a letter to, with Grassley to the FBI and to the DOJ, saying the information provided by a whistleblower raises concerns that then-Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. The American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States of America to make money for himself. The White House responded in a fairly lengthy statement. This <laughs> This is part Listen of it. to this. White House spokesperson uh, <laughs> saying they, Republicans, prefer floating anonymous innuendo amplified by the megaphone of their allies in the right-wing media to get attention to try to distract and deflect from their own unpopular ideas and lack of solutions to the issues the American people have. Okay, he said actually care about it. Cut off there at the end. Um, folks, baseless accusations. How many baseless lawsuits have been filed against Trump in the last few months? They had to take a misdemeanor and mysteriously, abracadabra, turn it into a felony, a misdemeanor that even if it were still in place, right, would still be two years out of its statute of limitations. They turned that miraculously into a felony. And then you've got a rape case from 23 years ago that mysteriously popped up. She made the accusations in 2019 before 2020's election fell on deaf ears. But she's back for round two because she wants to prove to the American people that she was raped. She was raped by Donald J. Trump in a Burger King bathroom. Actually, it was a dressing room in a high highfalutin store. But this is the story. Haven't we seen this before? What happened with, Ka uh, what was it, uh, Blasey Ford? Was it Catherine Blasey Ford? He raped me. Kavanaugh raped me. That's what we were told time and time again. And Delaware, not Delaware, Maryland was going to go after Kavanaugh. We're, we're looking at uh, charges of, 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 of rape and, uh, against Kavanaugh. After, even, if he gets, even if he gets brought in and, and he's confirmed by the Senate, we're, we're, we're going to bring these charges because it's important that we remember hashtag me too. What ended up happening? Kavanaugh gets confirmed. Everything gets dropped. It's the same thing here. Listen, ladies, I've never been raped. I was molested as a little boy by the babysitter's uh, son. I was about six years old. He was 23, 24 years old. I don't know if it's the same as rape. I didn't really know what was going on. But I, as a, as a six-year-old, told my parents immediately. 
didn't let it go any further. Was there shame? Yeah, there was shame. I guess what you have is a six-year-old. I don't have shame now, though. I have nothing to worry about. I, I, I did what needed to be done almost 60 years ago. 55 years ago, I did that. Folks, these claims that come up in elections of he did this or she did that, I don't give a shit anymore. If you don't have the evidence, like a laptop, it's just your word against somebody else's, good fucking luck, I don't believe you. And I don't care what side of the aisle it's going on. But we always see what side of the aisle it comes from. You don't see these allegations from the right. You know why? Because I have a feeling that when a woman on the right, a conservative woman, is sexually attacked, I got a feel that she goes to the authorities and says, hey, listen, you got to get this taken care of. This motherfucker did this to me, and I'm afraid he'll do it to someone else. How do I know the left doesn't do that? Well, how many Hollywood starlets said that they were molested? If they would just sleep with Harvey Weinstein, if they would just lay with him or suck his dick or do whatever the fuck he wanted to have done, they could be a star. And they became stars. And they kept their mouths shut. They didn't stop the harm to happen from happening to another young lady. Nope. It's called self-preservation. They did what was best for them. That's what most people do. You get up in the morning, the last thing you think about is Tim Kramer. You don't think about me. I don't think about you. You don't even know me. I don't know you. I don't think about you. I think about me. I'm concerned about mine. That's why I know that it falls on deaf ears. Because we've become, we've become so jaded to the multitudes of lies and the machine that is the mainstream media churning out lie after lie after lie after lie. And they're, they're, they're pushing it out as the truth. With my client this afternoon, he brought up a couple of issues that were like, oh, okay, I was waiting for you to fucking say that because it's a lie. And then I showed him where the lie was. And he still doesn't want to believe it. That's, that's called taking a kick to the nuts of your cognitive dissonance. I may be one of the most crass people doing this right now, but I think that it's important that America get down to brass tacks and start to, to grow a little hair on their balls and say that it's time to start acting as adults and stop this childish behavior of being worried about what everybody else thinks. We learned in kindergarten, sticks and stones break our bones. Words cannot hurt me. The only, the only thing that words seem to hurt are those of the left. It's the most harmful thing to them. They, they don't want to be made fun of. They don't want you to show you that their ideas are wrong and based on bullshit. They don't want to be ridiculed or made fun of. That's what their weakness is. You see, they don't have the ability to fight back. They're vindictive little creatures. They're amoral. Now, all of them? Not all of them. Some are patriots. Some are constitutionalists. We just disagree on how we get there. But as I told my mentor today, who's a hardcore hippie liberal from the 60s, your silence is the same as shouting it out from the rooftop. If you don't speak up against those that you know are speaking, speaking lies, if you don't speak up, it, it's like you're on the rooftop screaming with them. Your silence allows their voice to be heard among all um, above all others. 
if, if you know something is happening, you've got to say something. You've got to do something. I implore more whistleblowers to come forward. It's time. We've been going through seven, eight years of this bullshit now. And it's not going to stop. Everything's in place. That's why at Twitter, for example, there were so many FBI. Now we're finding out that the FBI and the CIA are embedded everywhere in every news organization. They're dictating what you hear and what you can say on social media platforms. That's what we learned from the Twitter files. It was our own government working against us. Lloyd Brunson made a great comment. Um, and if you've seen this on this video on TikTok, uh, go, go take a, or if you haven't go see, seen it, go take a look at it. Look for Lloyd Brunson. He, he made the statement that the politicians that we have in place should be asked a very simple question. They've taken an oath to defend our nation against enemies, both foreign and domestic. Have them define what a domestic enemy looks like. Is it the person who doesn't want their child being taught a certain way? Is it the person who um, wants to silence other people because they don't like what they have to say? Or is it the people who took an oath and then are working actively against breaking down everything in our Constitution? Who fight the First Amendment by silencing us and use, using the arms of government to silence us? Is it the politician who says, yes, I believe in the Constitution. I'll swear an oath. Just put me in office. But you shouldn't have the Second Amendment. You shouldn't be protected like I'm protected. You shouldn't have that right as a citizen. Those are the enemies that our founding fathers were talking about. The domestic enemies that work within, inside the system to tear down our great system. It doesn't change, folks, until you start raising your voice. It doesn't change until you start taking action. That starts at home. We are working on a series right now. We were trying to get it done over the last two days, but everything's broken with everything else that's going on in the nation. We think that this is more important to break what's going on, but we're going to be talking about grassroots um, maneuvers, grassroots tactics that you can start taking in your own local community. These are the things... These are the actions that put the fear of God into politicians. They hate to see pissed off people. Do you know how I know? I saw how the politicians reacted to what happened on January 6th. It scared the shit out of them. It was a wake-up call. All of a sudden, they realized they were in trouble. You see, they, the left, their tactic is to go burn down other people's houses and other people's buildings and other people's cars and other people's businesses as a threat. We didn't do any of that. We went after them. We went to their house where they live and it scared the shit out of them. That's why we have for the first time in my, my understanding of our history. And I, I don't know if there's any others, but it's the first time that we've had true political prisoners in this country. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse by the, um, the, the lady, uh, up, up North. Where was it? Um, wouldn't sell, I think it was in Michigan, refused to sell her farm to a Chinese battery factory. And so now all of a sudden she's being investigated because she refused to sell her land to the Chinese. The government is being weaponized against her because she refused to do what they wanted to do. Right now is the time to stand. 
Now is the time to make your voice heard. If you think that nothing's going to happen, it's not happening because you're not doing anything. You're the problem. Not me. Not the people that I work with behind the scenes. Not those that are taking effort on a daily basis. And if you're doing those things, then you know that you're doing the right thing. Don't wear your heart on your sleeve or a chip on your shoulder and go, Kramer, but I'm out here. You're doing the right thing. It's those of you who sit in your fucking couches and say that nothing's ever going to happen that aren't doing anything. You sicken me and you wake, you make our, our nation weaker. With that being said, I'm out of here. We'll join you tomorrow night again, 8 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSays.com.